I'm not gonna debate you, Jerry. I'm not gonna sit here and debate. Welcome back, Red Glare, better than ever. I appreciate you tuning in. My name is Daniel Fritch. I am your host. Coming off a week's vacation, coming off of a weekend sunny Orlando, Florida with the family. You know, we flew back on this Saturday uh, afternoon. They had TBS on the plane. I was able to tune in to Mariners Astros, uh, watch that game in the air on the flight from Florida. Uh, my wife was good enough to drive when we landed, so I, I was able to watch the game on my phone on the drive from the airport to the Mexican restaurant we were having dinner at with the in-laws. They had the game on a TV in the Mexican restaurant. I watched the game throughout my meal, back in the car, all the way home, onto my couch, and still watching the game. Watched the game for what felt like another two and a half hours. What a day on Saturday. What a week with Mickey and his friends at Disney. Um, And I think Cal McNair had an idea. He had an inkling. He knew. He knew I wasn't going to be in the best frame of mind come Monday, returning to work. You know, I I have to battle this horrible commute to get to the office. I work at this place where a thousand people all have to get there at the same time. And there's only one entrance and we all drive like maniacs to get in there. I say we all, not me, you know, the others. But they're all lunatics. And so now cops have been dispatched And there's just squad cars just everywhere, just pulling people over. Like, you made an illegal turn. You you cut this guy off. You were driving on the shoulder in a one lane. You shouldn't. It's just chaos. It's just a nightmare every time I start my day. And today especially because I'm coming home from vacation, right? I'm coming to work after a week of not having to deal with these morons in the morning with their driving. And I think Cal McNair knew that. He knew what I'd be experiencing on this Monday. And so, you know, midway through the morning, I'm sitting at my desk, um, just picturing Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Pluto, the whole crew, you know, just what what are they up to right now? They're not sitting at a desk. They probably got some kind of parade going on. They're living the life and I'm sitting at this desk. And then, all of a sudden, I hear the news. Easter B is gone, baby. Cal McNair said, Shefty, fire up the tweet machine, my friend, because Easter B's gone. Now, if it sounds like I'm overreacting, you should have seen my office. Women ripping at their blouses, people doing cartwheels through the hallways. All of a sudden, everybody had party hats on. There's confetti. People are drinking. It was chaos. It was a wonderful day. I'll never forget it for as long as I live. Music just starts playing all over the place. Ah, it was so good. It was so good. And um, actually, no one in my office really knows who Jack Easterby is. But I know, and that's the main thing. What a morning. What a day. If you're a Texans fan, um, or just a fan of Houston sports in general, and you only have a sort of... Uh, you know, just a just a base level understanding of who Jack Easterby is. Maybe you don't know who he is at all. Well, 
You have tuned into the right podcast because this is the Jack Easterby Exit Extravaganza episode of The Red Glare, where it's just you and me, baby. I'm going to take some callers, potentially, and we're just going to rehash the Jack Easterby experience and uh, share our trauma and sort of the, the elation, the jubilation of the end of the Easterby era. Now, I wanted to speak on why it matters, why it's important, why it's a big deal to me, and I'll try to do this quickly. But, like, I've been watching the Texans since 2002, since I was a teenager, and they've been a big part of my life through my first girlfriends, through my first apartments, my first house, my first full-time job, my first child, (laughs) and uh, all the while, my whole life, I've been setting aside three hours on Sunday afternoons to watch the Texans um, because they matter to me and because it's been a big part of my life and I love NFL football and I love the Texans. And when you're a fan of the Texans, you understand you have very little control over the product on the field. You can, you can do what you can do, buy tickets, not buy tickets. You know, you could send a letter to the team if you're really fired up and angry about the product, something like that. But there's not much you can do. You're sort of at the mercy of the decision makers when it comes to the team, the owners, the the front office folks, the head coaches, the offensive and defensive coordinators. You're hoping that those people are making good decisions. You're hoping that when you set that time aside on Sundays, the personnel people have put the right people in place and the scouts have done a good job scouting and all of the things that go on to put that product on the field, you want to feel like those people are qualified for their jobs, that they care about their jobs, they want to do a good job as a scout, as a coach, as a, a, a front office personnel. And and you have a sort of a sense, like, I know why J.J. Watt is playing defensive end He's playing defensive end because he's a giant man who's stronger than I am, faster than I am. Um, He works out all the time. His diet is different than mine. He's got trainers. He's got et cetera, et cetera. It's very easy to understand why J.J. Watt is playing NFL football and I am not. I get that. That's very easy to understand. But then you have to do that math with everybody in the organization. Why is Dom Capers the head coach? Why is Nick Casario our general manager? And what you hope is that Dom Capers played football in college or served on a college uh, football staff. Um, And then he was the, you know, defensive line coach at some small college. And then he became the defensive coordinator of that very same college. And then he got a shot as a head coach at at a slightly larger college. And he has so much experience that he's forgotten more about NFL defense and football than than you or I will ever know. And that's why Dom Capers is the head coach on Sunday. That's why he's making the decisions. That's why he's structuring the defense and and deciding who's playing and, and when they're playing and how they're playing. You have an understanding as a fan, Dom Capers' life has put him in a position where he's experienced, he has... Uh, the ability to do this job in a way that I cannot do it. That's why he's doing it. That's why I am indirectly paying his salary. He deserves 
to have that job until he proves that he doesn't deserve to have that job, in which case we'll find another guy with a similar resume, and maybe that guy will be a little bit better at the job. So when Jack, someone like Jack Easterby is given the job of executive vice president of football operations for the team I've been rooting for since I was a teenager, I am forced to say, well, what does he do? What is he doing? Well, he's trading DeAndre Hopkins. He's helping Bill O'Brien just rip this team apart and make horrible contract decision after contract decision, shipping Jadavian Clowney away after botching that business, trading all of these assets for Laramie Tunsil without having a contract in place with Tunsil. So we've given up all of our leverage in those negotiations. We could go through the third round pick we sent for to Cleveland for a running back they were probably going to cut anyway. We could go through all of the decisions that destroyed the Texans while Jack Easterby was um, in the front office. Uh, but the, but you get the point. Why did he have that job? Why? I understand why DeAndre Hopkins is a receiver. I understand why Dom Capers is a head coach. Why is Jack Easterby the EVP of football operations? Makes no sense if you look at his resume. And what's funny is Jack Easterby understood this. And that's why his bio continued to change all throughout his career. I invite you, to, Sports Illustrated did a, uh, a profile of his rise to power in late 2020. It is a fabulous article. It's very easy to find. You just Google Sports Illustrated Easterby. Please read that article. There's so many things in that article that are, to me, illustrative of the kind of person Jack Easterby is. He's a liar. He's a fraud. He had no, he had no football background. He'd never been a scout. He'd never been a coach. The fact he he's not an account, a finance guy like he he has no business negotiating contracts and working with the salary cap and running an NFL team, and the fact that he was put in that role is is insane. And then so what you've essentially done is given over the 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 wheel the steering wheel to my Sunday afternoons, right? That I've that I've invested since I was a teenager. You've given the reins to this idiot who is good at sucking up, a weasel, a liar, a sociopath, who is good at sucking up to people in, in positions of authority, and he's not good at anything else. And so it was so clear to me and to every like any observers around the league, they're like, what a laughingstock Houston has become. And Easterby was still there. Even after we hired Casario, even after we had a, a pretty good draft with D Damian Pierce and uh, Petrie and Stingley and all the guys that we we are really excited about, for someone like me watching the team in the back of my mind, I'm like, but but Easterby's still there, like he's still in a position of authority. It's sort of unclear how much authority he had the last little while, but he was still there, and that rubbed me wrong in a, in a very real way. Until today, that yoke has been removed. He is gone. Cal McNair finally, finally realized the error of his ways in this regard, and he corrected the issue. And that's all we could ask for. That's the best thing Cal McNair could have done today. And so I'm so excited to have Easterby out of the building, out of my life, hopefully forever. 
And I just wanted to share one thing to think about. Like, if the Texans are an entertainment product, which is what I think they are, and say say a three-hour movie, let's say it's not a sporting event, you're watching a movie, say it's a Marvel movie, uh, and every Sunday for a few months you're going to go to the movie theater and sometimes you'll take your family and sometimes you'll dress your son up like Spider-Man or Iron Man or whatever, and you're going to go to the Marvel movie. But now imagine that the Marvel movie that airs in Houston is different from the Marvel movie that airs in Buffalo or Kansas City or Dallas or Seattle. Now, eventually, you're going to learn that the Marvel movie they're seeing in Kansas City is a lot better than the, than the movies you've been watching in Houston. And it's going to be frustrating. And you're going to say, well, why? Why am I watching Thanos do his taxes when in Kansas City they're watching Iron Man throw Thanos through a skyscraper and then off a bridge? Like, that sounds like a lot, a lot more fun movie to watch. Why am I watching this? What am I doing? Why am I dragging my kids to the movies to watch Thanos make toast and, and read the news? And, and it just didn't make sense. And it made me angry. And you're like, well, who's writing and directing these movies? Well, Jack Easterby's writing uh, these, these movies. And you're like, well, why? Has he ever written a movie before? No. Does he know anything about writing movies? No. Well, why is he doing it? Well, Cal McNair just liked him. Just liked him. Just thought he was a nice guy. Was fired up by him. And that's why he's writing your movies now. It's like, well, that's not a good reason. That's not a good reason for him to be writing movies. I don't want to watch these movies. And today, we got a new writer. We got a new writer for our Marvel movies. And I'm excited to see what kind of movies we're watching as we move forward. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to go to the phones. All right, so if you've listened to the show before or listened to uh, any of our caller segments, you know that we have a caller who's on the line right now named Joshua who seems particularly plugged in. He always has Jack Easterby's back. And uh, I wanted to get his take on the proceedings today. So, Joshua, thank you for joining us. How are you doing on this Monday, sir? Well, Daniel, I've been better, you know, but they say uh, it's always darkest before the dawn. That's what they say. I've heard that. People say that. Indeed they do. How do you explain this move by Cal McNair and the Texans today? Because on your previous appearances, you you seem to think that Jack was doing a great job in his role with the team. It's shocking, Daniel. I don't know how to explain it. I've been racking my brain. Been racking my brain all day. I don't know. I don't know how you explain such a thing. We just beat our hated rivals the Jacksonville Jaguars. Beat the hell out of them. I told Cal. I mean, I imagine people told Cal this. I don't understand it. I don't get it. You sound pretty upset. You sound pretty upset by the whole thing. Well, Jack did so much to get in that role, Daniel. I don't think you understand what he had to do to Rick Smith, to Brian Gain. I mean, he poisoned people. He put curses on people. He, 
He went into the swamps and the marshes. He found the voodoo priestesses. He did the animal sacrifices. He drank the blood, Daniel. He deserved that job. He earned it. He earned it. Well, okay. So he earned the spot. But but the results, you have to play the results, Joshua. Even, I'm not going to dispute you know, what Jack may or may not have done to get into that role, but we were not a good football team, and a lot of the decisions he made um, didn't didn't yield results on the field. Do you dispute that? I think there are decisions Jack would like to have back, uh, no doubt. You, you mentioned, I guess, football-related decisions, but I would I would you know think more about like uh, ceremonies in which he was. Splayed out naked in a, in a pentagram, covered in pig's blood, reciting, uh, speaking in tongues, um, uh, surrounded by voodoo priestesses. Uh, those are the kinds of decisions I think Jack is spending more time with, uh, second guessing on a day like today. Well, okay. On that note, thank you, Joshua, for calling in. Thank you, listener, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed doing this show. If you know anyone that would enjoy the show, please please let them know about it. Redglarepod.com. My name is Daniel Fritch. You can find me on Twitter, Substack. I'm easy to find. I'm really easy to find. Um, we're going to have a big Rockets preview coming up. The Rockets season starts on Wednesday. We extended Kevin Porter Jr. today, which is pretty exciting. And um, I'm looking forward to, you know, as we move on here, what the Texans will do in the coming weeks, what the Rockets will do out of the gate here, and yeah, stay tuned. We've got big things coming on the Red Glare, and I appreciate you joining me up to this point. I hope this podcast finds you well. Take care of yourself. Okay, this is not